my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner Fuller Gibbler fans. How's everyone doing? This is Angela Bowen, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am giving you a special. Since today, Friday, December 6th, the final first half of season five of Fuller House dropped on Netflix. Well, I did watch the first episode today. I'm actually, I think I'm going to take it slow this time around. Uh, with season four, I like binge the entire 18 episodes or 13 episodes, however many, in the course of a day. And I want to take it slow this time because this is the last season. And even though I watched it this afternoon, I'm like, you know what? I think I want to review this for the podcast. I, I really, really do. Now, I'm not going to do every single episode right away. I may eventually down the line. But I'm like, you know what? I want to cover the first episode. I really liked it. I thought it was really, really good. But of course, before I do that, I would like to let you all know, all you Tanner Fuller Gibbler newbies out there that have just joined the podcast, I want to let you know where you can go and follow along with the podcast. Sorry, there was such a long pause there. I'm like, <laughs> brain fart. <laughs> uh, first of all, Facebook. You type in in the search bar, you type in Full House Podcast, you type in Fuller House Podcast, it's going to show up there. And all you got to do is like or follow along so you can see what series of episodes I'm doing. Now, I'm not going episode by episode, season by season. I'm doing themes. And currently, since it is December, I am doing the Tis the Season series, which is covering the Christmas episodes of Full House and Fuller House. I just recently, this past Sunday, released season two, episode, season two, episode nine, entitled Our Very First Christmas Show. And uh, they're basically the Christmas episodes will be released on Sunday. So the next one up is going to be on December 8th on Sunday and that is we're going to jump ahead to season 6 episode 12 entitled entitled A Very Tanner Christmas. From there after that we are going to jump ahead to the last season of Full House to episode 11 entitled Arrest Ye Merry Gentlemen which guest stars the late great Mickey Rooney. All right, so the 8th of December, A Very Tanner Christmas. The 15th of December is going to be Arrest Ye Merry Gentlemen from Season 8. Season 2 of Fuller House is going to be the Christmas episode. Nutcrackers is going to be on the 22nd. And then from Season 4 of Fuller House, Oh My Santa will be 
on the 23rd. So look forward to that. After that, just before January, of course, we have two New Year's Eve episodes that are coming your way for the 30th and the 31st of December. We have Full House's Happy New Year and Fuller House's Happy New Year Baby from t- Season 2. Gosh, I don't know why I cannot talk right now. All right, other ways to follow along. Instagram, OMHC Full House Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC Full House. And of course, the Gmail. If you guys want to send me an email or an audio clip of past episodes I've done, if you have thoughts, what you think about the episodes, what your opinions are, whatever you want to just know that this is a family-friendly podcast and to keep it clean. The email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Coming in January, I will be doing a new series, which will carry from January, I believe almost through the month of March. That series, the working title is Jesse and Becky, A Love Story. What I plan to do is cover the monumental episodes of Jesse and Becky. The first one up, of course, is going to be season two, episode two, their first meet cute when Jesse and Becky first meet. Season two, episode 11, A Little Romance. They, Jesse and Becky, agreed to date each other. You also have DJ's love dilemma with a boy who ends up breaking her heart for the first time and we have season two's finale parts one and two luck be a lady where jesse and becky almost get married they decide to elope or not in february we have season four episode one greek week we also have okay greek week jesse and becky decide to be exclusive They decide to see no one else but each other. Then we have season four, episode 18 and 19, The Wedding, parts one and two. Actually, excuse me, let me start with that. The Little Shop of Sweaters episode, that is actually a Valentine's Day episode. So we're going to jump back for a hot second in the storyline. Season four, episode one, of course, Greek Week, is where Jesse officially proposes to Becky and it's for reals season four episode 20 fuller house remember you aficionados of full house no there is an episode entitled fuller house in the show full house this is the one where Jesse and Becky come back from their honeymoon and of course you know now that he's married even though he's been living in the house with the girls and Danny and Joey he is a married man now he has to move out with his new bride-to-be Becky she's got an apartment they're gonna move in together of course Michelle does not take this news well and it's actually very hard for Jesse as well and I wanted to include it because that in itself that episode it's a stepping stone of them deciding Jesse and Becky deciding well instead of living in the apartment that I have oh why don't we move into the attic Danny said it's fully furnished you can put a bathroom up there and all that stuff And it's just basically great for a couple that's saving up for their first home. Granted, they stay there for at least 
gosh, I know at least the remainder of the show, so I don't know how many years after, you know, between Full House and Fuller House when they actually moved out. Alright, from there, we move on to Season 4, Episode 26, entitled Rock the Cradle. Jesse learns Becky is expecting their first child. Children. <laughs> yes, I did cover Double Trouble, where Jesse and Becky learn that they are not just expecting a child, they're ex expecting twins. I covered that in the back of school episodes, which I did in September. In October, so if you guys want to go check that out, you can. The next episode, Season 5, Episode 10, entitled Happy Birthday Babies Part 2. I did cover Part 1 for the Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen birthdays back, I believe. Was it in June I covered that? I covered that one and then the greatest birthday show on, you know, one Michelle birthday episode per twin. Because there's two of them playing Michelle. So, Happy Birthday Babies Part 2. Becky gives birth to the their uh, Jesse and Peggy's twins, Nikki and Alex. And then, of course, to cap off this Jesse and Becky A Love Story series, I'm ending with Fuller House Season 1, Episode 13, which is the Season 1 finale of Fuller House. Love is in the air. Jesse and Becky renew their vow their wedding vows. So I, I just like, yeah, that, that's a great topper there, I just thought. And then from there, that'll pretty much take through to March. And then in April, I think I'm just going to do like a couple episodes since April, April Fool's Day month. I wanted to do the two episodes with Rusty, Mr. Master of Disaster, as he refers to himself. In May, we are going to get some missing mom episodes. There are going to be episodes with the girls dealing with the fact that they don't have their mom. Goodbye, Mr. Bear is going to be one where the whole family is kind of dealing with Pam's loss again due to Stephanie losing Mr. Bear. That opens up a lot of feelings for the family and... We do get to see a home video with Pam bringing home Michelle from the hospital. Um, after that, we also have Where Oh Where Has My Little... No, wait, that's um, that's for Father's Day. Excuse me. Um, from there, we go to Slumber Party, where Stephanie is, what, eight, nine years old at the time? She is a honeybee, which is a version of the Girl Scouts. And it's a... Mother-daughter sleepover. DJ went to it with Pam. Stephanie was going to have Becky go with her. Unfortunately, Becky has pretty much been waylaid in another town with a broken-down vehicle. And Joey decides to go in her stead, resulting in embarrassing Stephanie and Stephanie just breaking down and just having a heart-to-heart -heart with DJ, which is really sweet. Um... The other episode, Matchmaker Michelle, I believe is from season five, where Michelle is feeling like, I don't have a mommy, and Teddy is telling her how great mommies are, and even though Michelle has a daddy, uh, Uncle Jesse, and a Joey, that doesn't make up for the fact that she... Mm, see, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Um, Does not make up for the fact that she doesn't have a mommy. She does have an Aunt Becky, but still... Becky's an aunt. She's not a mommy to her. 
And um, she decides, Michelle does, to fix up her teacher with her father. And unfortunately, it just... Danny's like, honey, we're not, your teacher and I are not going to kiss, and we're not going to fall in love. And poor Michelle just runs upstairs like, oh, now I'll never have a mommy. Oh, breaks my heart, breaks my heart. When Danny tells her, well, honey, you don't remember this, but you had a very beautiful mommy who loved you very much. Oh, God, I'm right in the feels, right in the feels. So, also, June's Father's Day, of course, I will be doing episodes that feature, you know, Danny and the girls. Uh, the first one's going to be Where Oh Where Has My Little Girl Gone? Danny deals with the fact that DJ is not his little girl anymore. She's a teenager, and she's just going to be, you know, there, there's, there's an age where you want to talk to your parents about stuff, and there's an age where you feel like if it's a big, big problem, they'll come, you know, You'll go to your parents, but if it's something you can handle yourself, it's just Danny realizing that DJ's not a little girl, and she is, in fact, growing up, and he does need to give her some space. Um, with Stephanie and Danny, it's going to be I'm Not DJ, where Stephanie wants to get her, her ears pierced for all the wrong reasons, and she ends up letting Kimmy do it, and her ears get infected, and she has to go face Danny and tell him the truth. Um, with Michelle, it's going to be high anxiety, I believe, from season seven, where Michelle is kind of feeling the same way DJ is with the whole stop treating me like a baby because, you know, Michelle is Danny's, you know, baby. She's the baby of the family or she's not anymore. She's like, you know, six, seven years old at this point. So, and she just, yeah, doesn't want to be treated like a little kid. She wants her independence from her father. So, yeah, that's pretty much going to carry through the first six months of the year. That's the plan, guys. So I hope you are looking forward to covering <laughs> hearing the episodes as much as I'm looking forward to covering them and probably breaking down and crying. You guys, if you're regular listeners, you guys know the floodgates, they open and feelings, they pour out. So, but like I said, I... I really liked this episode of Season 5. I really look forward to seeing where the first half of Season 5 goes. I know I'm going to be a big mess when the show wraps up next spring, I believe. So, yeah, without further ado, guys, let's get into it. I'm going to be watching on my laptop and just kind of commenting from there. And just, uh, we get some, uh, the kid, Ramona Jackson and... Uh, <laughs> Max, how can I forget my Max? My Max, he's my favorite. Um, they're all kind of reminiscing, looking for a little, it's almost like a christening gown in a way that all the kids, I mean, DJ's children have worn. They want it for the baby, which the baby will be named at the end of this episode, so... So while IMDb is starting to, eventually, they will catch up to adding synopsis for um, the episodes they haven't yet. So wait for them to catch up. But in the meantime, this is Netflix's description of Season 5, Episode 1 of Fuller House, entitled Welcome Home, Baby to be Named Later, which, of course, all the nine episodes have dropped December 6th, 2019. Steph and Jimmy come home with their baby, but they still haven't named her. When a, it's pronounced doula, 
with a doula in the house, DJ and Danny don't feel like they're needed. Now, I want to see if I can get the proper definition of doula, which to me, from what I got from this, seemed like... Here we go. Here's the definition. Oh my goodness. This lady's having a baby. What? A doula left comforting touch to help elevate... Okay, that's during the labor. A doula is a trained non-medical companion who supports another individual through a significant health-related experience such as childbirth. Um, wow. Um, okay, here we go. Here's This is more, I think, what Stephanie was going for. Because she's already had the baby, so she doesn't need help with the childbirth. She's had the help. A doula may also provide support to the partner, family, and friends. The overall goal of doula in any context is for their client to feel safe, be informed, and feel comfortable, complementing the role of health professionals providing medical care. Unlike doctors, midwives, or nurses, doulas are not medical professionals and therefore cannot administer medication or other treatments or give medical advice. All right. Interesting. So some doulas work as volunteers and others are paid for their services by their clients, medical institutions, or other private and public organizations and have varying degree of professionalism. Well, let me tell you, this doula did not have any professionalism. She was... Let me think. Okay. For those of you who have seen... <laughs> if you've seen The End of Mrs. Doubtfire, and it's at the point where Sally Field is now having to interview more housekeepers. There's this lady that comes up and she's like, I don't do housework or, or, um, what she's or preparing dinners or any of that stuff. She says, I also don't change diapers. And Sally Field just looks at her like, well, my children, um, have not worn diapers for quite some time. Let's, and there's also um, in Baby Boom as well. Let's see if I, maybe I can get a clip because that is hilarious. Um, Diane Keaton's character raising this little two-year-old baby that she inherited from a very distant cousin in England. Um, <laughs> um, she hires this one no-nonsense type lady who is um, very prim and proper and all this stuff and... know if you'd call it old school norm-ish but um <laughs> uh diane keaton's character is going off to work you know the uh helga i think the lady's name is who she's leaving um little two-year-old elizabeth with in the care of and diane keaton on her way to work walking down the sidewalk passes one of those old newsstands you know the ones with the newspapers sees something about um nanny's kidnapping their charges you know their clients children and of course that alerts Diane Key and her, her like oh my gosh oh my gosh runs after Helga says oh Helga Helga oh my god I'm sorry um can I get your address back home in what country you lived in oh and your social security number oh and the your sister's social security number her address her phone number all that stuff so very, yeah. And this, of course, Baby Boom came out in the 80s. So, 
just very, very funny in instances. Let's see if I can maybe play those games at the end but um all right without further ado let's finally 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 get into this episode all right so we open up the episode in the living room and the family is getting ready for stephanie and jimmy's arrival with the baby steve calls the dj who's in the kitchen like dj come out here we're gonna get ready to unveil the banner and she runs into the living room so fast, like, don't you dare unfurl that banner without me. Apparently it's a house rule. And Max, of course, is like, believe me, we know. No banner until you see DJ Tanner. Oh, it's no banner till you see DJ Tanner. And definitely you can tell Max is getting older. That voice ain't squeaky like it used to be. <laughs> Max is still with the vest and the really, you know, prim and proper type of, you know, wardrobe. I can't remember. Didn't Max get his dad's watch in season four? I'm trying to remember because he's wearing a watch and I'm just trying to, I think when I cover that Christmas Oh My Santa episode, I might see that. We'll see. So pretty much the only ones that are there in the living room are DJ, Steve, Max, Jackson, and Ramona. DJ reminds them that the baby came a little early. So DJ and Jimmy, they haven't picked out a name yet. And of course, Ramona reveals the banner, which just says, Ha, uh, welcome home, baby to be named later, which of course is the name of this episode. And we get the same type of thing. It's really a trope, and it's been done probably many times on the show itself, where they're expecting somebody to come through the door the first time, someone else. The second time, they think it's Steph and Jimmy. It's someone else. But finally, on the third, you know, Steph and Jimmy come through the door. And the banner is cute. It's like a sky blue with white polka dots and it's got a little sun in the left-hand corner. And then it's got the full house welcome home in small cursive font. And then below it in multicolored letters, it says baby to be named later. So DJ's telling everyone not to pressure Stephanie and Jimmy with the names, although DJ does add, well, the baby hopefully will, I hope it has a name at least by six tonight when we have the baby naming party. And this baby naming party thing will come up at least a couple more times before the episode is over. So I gotta say, this season, DJ's hair, it's, it's okay looking so far. Maybe it'll change throughout the nine episodes. Ramona's hair, I like the short kind of shoulder length hair. It's really, really pretty. It's got a little bit of wave in it. Of course, as you heard in the trailer and you saw in the trailer with Ramona saying, this house is already, you know, full enough. If we get three more people in this house, we will legally have to register as a commune. <laughs> so, of course, just like in the Thanksgiving episode, as I referred to DJ being a taskmaster, this is really no different. She's got, you know, her color-coded binder that's got the times for the baby, you know, eating, sleeping, pooping. Granted, Steve kind of gives her a look, and DJ clears a little. The baby, not Stephanie's eating, pooping, sleeping schedule. <laughs> she can do that on her own. 
Steve jokes that, <laughs> oh, have you filled out the baby's college application yet? And DJ's like, well, no, I don't have a name yet to write down. It's like, I get it that this family loves to be involved in every aspect of everything. You know, they they're, they're, they help out each other, and that's great. Stephanie later is going to be like, the reason I didn't ask DJ to really help is because she really jumps in and just tends to take over everything and just constantly correct me when I'm doing something wrong, even though I don't think I'm doing something wrong. I'm doing it my own way. That way, I guess if you could call it, I mean, even though DJ is being helpful, it might be seen as semi-overstepping just a smidgy woo. Ramona's looking out the frosted glass of the window parts of the door. Notices that someone's coming. Everyone tries to get into position. Like, all right, let's, like, yell surprise and everything. And they think it's Stephanie and Jimmy. But in walks Danny. Grandpa Danny for the fourth time. Although now, instead of, a, he's got three grandsons. He has a granddaughter. Oh, I'm so happy for him to be a grandpa to a granddaughter. I mean, with his three grandsons, he got that son fix that he never got to have, you know, for having three daughters. I mean, he got a little bit of that son fix when he got, uh, you know, his nephew Steve coming in season one and everything like that. So, of course, DJ is going to be like, all right, we're all going to cheer, but not too loudly. We don't want to wake the baby. And... This is, like, what, the second line that Jackson has had, and it's, like, it's a throwback to Uncle Jesse, like, as Jackson's, like, don't wake the baby, huh? Like, it's better when Jesse does it. Like, just change the diaper, huh? Jackson, the way he's, like, so exaggerated, and it's just, it's horrific. And just, not good. I mean... No offense to Michael Campion, he's a good actor and everything, but it's just the lines that they give him, and if you think about it, over the course of now, this is season five, they really don't give him much to do. He's had like a few handful of episodes where there have been plots for him, but usually a lot of it tends to go to either Max or Ramona. And then until recently, baby Tommy started, you know, since he's, you know, starting to walk and talk a little bit, they're giving him some stuff to do. That's why I really wish they could have been J made Jackson more of a semi-DJ-ish. I mean, he is the oldest of the three, but it just seems like the whole family kind of makes fun of him because he's a klutz in some ways and, and just he's an embarrassment. Kind of like what they did with Nikki and Alex and when they revealed them in Fuller House Season 1. Like, a, they're laughing stocks now. And DJ just kind of gives them a look like, what are you doing? And even Steve, poor Steve, looks like he's cringing. Like, ugh, don't, don't do that. <laughs> and he, and... Jackson feels like he has to explain, like, it's I'm doing Uncle Jesse. And Ramona's like, yeah, we already have one of those. I'd be like, please don't ever do that again. If Uncle Jesse were here, he would be cringing as well. So Danny comes in, stands there on the step, and of course we get the applause because it's Bob Saget as Danny Tanner. He is the uh, Full House OG, one of a few. And one of many, excuse me. And, of course, Jackson states the obvious. Oh, it's not a baby. It's just Grandpa. It's like, really? What was your first clue? 
<laughs> of course, Grandpa Danny's got some stuff. You think he, well, he says, like, oh, I got some stuff for the baby. I stopped at the duty-free shop, you know, from the airport. And the only time I ever heard of the duty-free shop, of course, was with that uh, Seinfeld episode. I think it's called The Airport where Kramer and George are going to pick up Elaine and Jerry and Kramer on the way is like telling George like I'm gonna stop at the duty free shop I'm gonna stop at the duty free shop or something to that effect of course Jackson's like oh what a bummer and I like what Danny says here he's like really you do re all realize that you live here rent free right like you don't have to pay anything for this house that you're living in of course, I quickly changed their tune, but the noisemaker's like, Yay, Grandpa Danny's here! Thank you for letting us live in your house room free! Of course, we get a dig here at Uncle Joey when Danny's like, Hey, Deej, can I help do anything? And DJ's like, No, no, everything's all set. We really don't need you to do anything. And of course, Danny's like, Well, there must be something I can do. I mean, I'm not Joey. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, ho, oh, oh. <laughs> be like the show's dig at Joey for all those years of just him being a uh, comedy guy. I mean, he was there to help the girls here and there and stuff, but it seemed like a lot of the problems were solved via either, you know, Danny, because he's a father, or Uncle Jesse. I mean, Joey did teach Michelle how to ride a two-wheeler bike. Let's see, what else did he do? He, um... Helped Stephanie, even though she really didn't need it at the slumber party. Uh, helped Stephanie deal with getting a cavity filled for the first time. Um, what else did he do? I'm trying to think. He did some other stuff. He substituted for Michelle's class, and then he yelled at her when she talked out of turn, when he told her to be quiet, and she didn't. Uh, <laughs> he yelled at DJ when she came home late. She didn't call when she was doing the uh, karate thing in the episode Joey Gets Tough. When I, which I cover. What else did he did other things? He uh, co-hosted a radio show. Um, was the co-business owner of J and J Creative Services with Jesse. Trying to think, what else did he do for the for the girls? I'm sure I'll come up with more stuff later. <laughs> Those are pretty much the only thing like service level. Poor little Tommy gets maybe one word in this whole, well, more than one word. Danny says, oh, can I at least meet my new grandbaby? Tommy runs in, looks up at Grandpa Danny, because you know that Danny is like six foot five. He says, I'm the baby. And that immediately made me flash back to that episode of Full House. Season 3, episode 22, entitled Three Men and Another Baby, where Michelle is jealous when Danny agrees to babysit a neighbor's baby overnight. Granted, Danny does not babysit this baby because he's taking Kamato obedience class, thus leaving Jesse in charge. Which, apparently, this little adorable baby, Tony, will not let anyone else hold him but Uncle Jesse, because Uncle Jesse is a baby magnet. And this reaction from Tommy, who's not even met the baby yet, I don't think, unless he was there at the hospital. He might have been. And I'm just thinking, oh boy, here we go. Because he didn't have that reaction with little baby Pamela, because he and she are right around the same age. I love how Danny bends all the way down to kiss Tommy on 
the tip of his forehead. Like, oh, yes, you are. You are my baby grandson. Like, okay, bye-bye. DJ notices the bags. Like, oh, Dad, what's with the bags? You're not moving in again, are you? And he's like, no. I just felt so bad about missing the birth of the baby that I went a little overboard with the shopping. I don't even know the baby's name yet. And DJ's like, oh, well, they haven't picked one yet. And he just looks at her like, well, are they going to? Because, of course, remember, the baby is half Gibbler. So. <laughs> he even asked DJ, is this some sort of weird Gibbler thing? Now, the one movie I remember that gives an example, kind of, sort of, is the movie, I believe it's from 2006 or seven, called The Namesake. And it deals with the uh, Indian family. They've come to America. They're having their firstborn child. They're at the hospital. And I believe it was like an orderly or somebody asked, like, and what can I write down for the baby's name? And the mother says, well, actually, we don't know it yet. Our family will confer with each other and they will call us and let us know what they've chosen for the baby's name. And of course, the the, the nurse guy or however you want to refer to you know, um, it's like, well, actually, in America, we don't do that here. The, in order for you to leave the hospital, this baby does have to have a name. So they end up choosing, it's like Nikolai or something like that. Nikolai, like, Gaguli or something like that. But it's such a good movie, guys. Watch it. It's got beautiful, beautiful music. So Jackson pulls out a bottle of vodka as he's like, Grandpa, this is all neck pillows and vodka and cigars. Well, you know that tradition of when a baby's born, now all the young men smoke cigars, and the vodka, I guess, is for... Danny's been through this grandfather thing thrice now, so I don't think he would be having a um, uh, midlife crisis. And, of course, the neck pillows. If he flew in because he said he went to the duty-free shop, odds are he probably got neck pillows for you know, the ride back. Those neck pillows are really good. I actually used one um, when we drove down to Texas. It was really nice. I, it's even nice as a, when I put my feet on the dashboard and I want to have something cozy underneath my feeties. Whoever invented the neck pillow was a genius. Apparently, Grandpa Danny also got at the duty-free shop a whole trunk load of Eternity by Calvin Klein, which I looked it up, is also it's not just for women, it's also it's for men as well. Either or. I wanted to look up what this duty-free shop is. D-U-T-Y hyphen F-R-E-E shop. Let's see, what do we got here? They're retail outlets whose goods are exempt from the payment of certain local or national taxes and duties and the requirement that the goods sold will be sold to travelers who will take them out of the country. Which products can be sold duty-free vary by jurisdiction, blah, 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 blah. Um, often found in international zone of international airports, seaports, train stations, but goods can also be bought duty-free on board planes or on board planes and passenger ships. They are not as commonly available for road or train travelers. Gotcha. Okay, interesting. I mean, I guess that's as much as it's going to give me as far as information. If you guys hear in the background music that uh, Jeremy's uh, doing his nightly ritual of taking a shower, so uh, he's playing music. 
All right, here is attempt number two at a uh, surprise. Oh, it's just Kimmy and Fernando. Kimmy's back from the hospital after having given birth to Stephanie and Jimmy's baby. I forgot, like, why is she wearing that outfit? I forgot season four ended with her in a Hamilton, you know, outfit and they end up leaving before the curtain even came up for the the play to start and I'm like why is she wearing that outfit I'm like oh yeah and this I just I mean I get it for laughs but I and I've never been pregnant before but I can almost assuredly guess that right after you deliver, whether she's been in the hospital for a few days or a week, the last thing you're going to want to do is run up the stairs and tumble down backwards. How she didn't break her neck, I'll never understand. Even Ramona's like, Mom, are you okay? How did you not, like, get hurt? Or how are you not broken? How did you not break your neck? But apparently Kimmy wants to do all the things she couldn't do for the last nine months. Like, chug down a large bottle of vodka. And the audience just like, whoa, yeah! Like, okay. I, mean, I don't share in their enthusiasm. I don't drink. And I surely wouldn't chug a giant bottle of vodka in front of family and friends and children after just having gotten out of the hospital. Because we also see her rollerblading and then into the house and then jumping on the couch. At some point in the episode. Yeah, DJ's like, wow, Kimmy, you're still wearing your Hamilton dress? And Kimmy's like, yeah, whatever you do, don't tell me how Hamilton ends. Or begins, for that matter. All I remember is the curtain going up and someone's lady screaming, my water broke! And DJ looks at Kimmy like, yeah, that was you, Kimmy. Fernando, of course, tells DJ and everybody that Kimmy wants to live on the dangerous side, on the wild side now that she's not with child. So on the way home from the hospital, they stopped and got gas station sushi and bought illegal fireworks. And now Kimmy's going to attempt to zip up the stairs and fall. I thought she was going to, like, slide down the banister, you know, all Elvin and the Chipmunk style. Before she tumbles, Ramona looks down in horror at her mother splayed out on the floor, but Kimmy, like, jumps right up and is like, ah, it's good to meet me again. And Ramona just looks at her mom like, oh. Ramona's like, how are you possibly okay? I mean, she took a tumble. That Hamilton dress must have had something inside of it, like a lot of cloth to, like, uh, protect her body parts from being, like, boom, boom, boom on the stairs. I mean, boom. I mean, granted, yes, there are carpet on the stairs, but the stairs have sharp edges and corners and boom, boom. I mean, oof. I mean, we're not talking Empire State Building stairs or like the stairs up, you know, from the movie Rocky and stuff like that. No, these is just a simple set of stairs that Kimmy just decided to. I thought, what, looking at her going down, I thought she was, like, going to attempt, like, a cartwheel going down the stairs and just, like, misstepped and just... <laughs> Of course, now we hear the car doors shut outside, and Steve's like, oh, and everyone's kind of looking at each other, and Steve's like, well, that's got to be Steve, or, <laughs> it's got to be Stephanie and Jimmy, because we're running out of people. Pretty much everyone that was going to be at the party, minus Stephanie and Jimmy, are pretty much already there. So, yeah, 
The guests of honor are coming up the steps. Stephanie comes in holding the baby, and she mentions how, I can't believe it, they just let us bring her home. And Jimmy's like, yeah, I mean, they didn't even make us take a test or something. I mean, I studied. And I think, is this supposed to be a throwback to the fact that anybody can become a parent and just go home with their baby? Like, you don't have to take a class to be a parent. You can just be a parent. And you can just have a child, create it, bring it into the world, and go home. You don't gotta have a license to be a parent. You don't gotta be certified to be a parent. You just, you get to be a parent. All it takes is making the child, delivering the child, and taking it home. This is such a sweet moment. And Danny is so choked up as Stephanie's like, Dad, do you want to hold your first granddaughter? And he's just, no words. He is just choked up. He just nods, like tears in his eyes. Like, oh, lump in the throat. Like, oh. I want to play this clip of Danny holding his granddaughter for the first time. It is just, it's so beautiful. And he's just holding her. He's like, oh, you're gorgeous. I'm your grandpa Danny. And you're, you're... You're, and he looks at Stephanie's like, I'm going to need a name here. And Stephanie's like, oh, Dad, don't worry. We are coming up with one. Don't worry. So Stephanie's kind of hoping that the more time that she does spend with the, her baby, that the name will kind of reveal itself. I mean, there are people out there that pretty much when they know they're pregnant, they have a name kind of already in mind. Of, But then there are other babies. There are other people that probably, they have a name in mind, but then when they look at their baby and see them for the first time, it's like, boom, that name's gone, and another name just slides right in to take its place, and it's just, and guys, like I said, I don't have human children. I have my fur babies, and I, I can't even imagine what, if Jeremy and I had had a child, what we've been, we would name that child. There's just so many, so many names out there. Granted, I mean, I, if I had a son, I mean, I think it would be beautiful to name him after my dad. However, Jeremy already has an uncle with the name Tom or Thomas. So that would pretty much be, uh, that'd probably have to be used as a middle name. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And, and my mom's name, I mean, I, I love my mom's name. It is a bit old-fashioned. Um, it's Darlene. And I just think that, that that's a beautiful old name, um, old-fashioned-ish name and stuff, but my sister had two daughters, and, um, you know, she didn't use their mother's name, which is understandable, but her oldest son does have the name Thomas, which is kind of funny because he, um, has two grandpas named Tom. His dad's father is Tom, and, you know, my dad's name was Tom, so it's just kind of funny how that worked out. Of course, TJ's like, great, as long as the name reveals itself by 6.30 tonight. Like, TJ, come on. I know you're a taskmaster, but kind of tone it down just a smidge, just a little bit. You know it's not all about you, sweetie. Let, let Steph have her moment. The name will come to her. And let me tell you guys, the name is beautiful, and I'm not going to reveal till the very end. Of course, DJ also throws in 6.15 by the latest if you want the baby's name on the cake that we got her. <laughs> of course, Max has to get a quip in, like, <laughs> no name, huh? Do you hippies at least have a wedding date? And of course, Jimmy, and this is so kind of un-Jimmy-ish, like, because, I mean, he is a bit of a goofball. Granted, it seems kind of more 
toned down a little bit. Like, Jimmy is still Jimmy, but not extremely, like, season two Jimmy-fied. Like, the highest Jimmy-fied that you could get at, like, say, a ten. I'd say this Jimmy in season five, episode one, is probably, like, a Jimmy maybe five or six. It's really, really light. Of course, I love... <laughs> like, this is so... I've never seen Jimmy do this before to any character where his hand slowly creeps around Max's shoulder, landing right through Max's mouth, and just like, <laughs> wedding day! And then you see the shot of, you know, family on the couch, like Ramona and stuff like that, just looking, like, confused. And Jimmy's like, <laughs> wedding day! Yeah, that would mean I would have proposed before asking, uh, Grandpa Danny. Without asking Grandpa Danny's permission. And I like this. Some may say it's old-fashioned, but I think this is very traditional and sweet. Granted, I don't think Jeremy did, but it wasn't a big deal. That's enough, dear. Yeah, I asked Jeremy. He's like, no, I didn't. No, he didn't ask. But that's all right. My dad knew when he saw Jeremy. Like, yeah, this is the guy for her. He is the one that is going to treat her as she should be treated with respect and love and all that stuff. So I'm going to play this clip real quick of Danny holding his first ever granddaughter. cry dj swoops right in and just pulls the baby right out of danny's arms like okay dad you've had her long enough and as she takes the baby from danny she looks over at stephanie and says and stephanie don't forget to remind me to teach you how to swaddle the baby properly like okay dj get it you've raised three kids that's great but stephanie may want to do things her way and the look on Stephanie's face is like, ah, yes. Almost like she was going to say to the person next to her, like, see, it's starting already. I knew it. I knew it. And DJ's like, oh, honey, I could hold you all night long. And just, she's just holding the baby and lightly rocking. Immediately, boom, the door pops open. The doula is here. What's her name? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll get it. But she just, no nonsense. I'm here for the baby. Give me the child. Like, whoa, who are you and why are you here? And even DJ, everyone's kind of like, who is this woman? Stephanie tells the family, this is a doula. She's here to kind of help with the baby. And DJ, of course, looks offended. Like, oh, but I thought I was going to help you and teach you everything you need to know about raising a child. And typical Stephanie, of course, where does she meet this woman? At a wrestling mud pit type situation. I'm like, Ugh. this lady doesn't look like someone who would be... At a wrestle, but she's like one of those stern, no nonsense types. 
Oh, okay. We do get a name of this doula. Her name is Melissa. It's not Helga? <laughs> Stephanie explains to DJ, the, so that way DJ doesn't rush and call 911, that uh, Melissa is Stephanie's doula. She's going to be there for a week to kind of show Stephanie how to, you know, be a first-time mom, get her sea legs under her, all that good stuff. I gotta ask this, and I'm not trying to be rude here, but is Candace Cameron, is she kind of wearing extensions? Because the hair just doesn't kind of match up with the top layer. I don't know anything about hair. I All I know is I have hair, and I wash hair, and I comb hair. And I put hair under, or uh, underneath a hat in the wintertime. Well, that's pretty much it. So Stephanie met Melissa at Bonnaroo, and I looked at Bonnaroo Music and Arts Festival. It's an American annual four-day music festival developed and produced by Superfly Presents, blah, 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 blah. Since its first year in 2002 has been held at what is now Great Stage Park on a 700-acre, 283-kilometer farm in Manchester, Tennessee. Oh, I don't know where that accent came from. I'm sorry. Ooh. Uh, festival typically starts on the second Thursday in June, lasts four days, main attractions of the festival, music. Uh, there's nothing here about a mud pit. What? Wait, wait, what's this? Unique products, soul, food and drink vendors, comedy acts, silent disco, cinema experiences, and a Ferris wheel. There is nowhere in here that says that this is a mosh pit or a mud pit but apparently this melissa here worked for beyonce for her children so so we head down to the basement which first in full house was a garage then it became joey's little apartment bedroom then it became a studio and it stayed that way until it became a bedroom again in season one of fuller house where stephanie slept and now it's been converted a little more. It's still a bedroom, but it's also got a couch down there and a bed. And it's really almost like a little apartment, a one-room apartment, similar to the attic. Now, we know that Jimmy is a photographer and that his photography does take him places. He travels the world. We see pictures, examples of that on the wall. And we see, of course, Jimmy taking pictures of... Stephanie swaddling her baby and of course Melissa is there just kind of observing and watching of course she does not take kindly to Jimmy snapping away photos of his baby as she just kind of looks at him and just like turns her nose up Ugh, why are you still here so Stephanie's like oh I'm very happy that you're here you know DJ has her way of doing things and I just I like doing things my own way and everything and of course Melissa steps in and says, okay, that's wonderful. Let me uh, correct what you've not done correctly. Let me fix what you've done. Because you're not doing it right with the swaddling. Wow, apparently Stephanie hey, and I have something in common when it comes to Barbies and melting them. <laughs> of course, Stephanie did hers on the um, stovetop and not in a fire barrel like I did when you know I lived out in the country. Of course, Stephanie is you know, yammering on and on and on. And finally, Melissa just kind of looks at her like, shh. Very, throughout the whole episode, shh, 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 you're waking the baby, shh, stop, you're upsetting the baby, shh. Yeah, yeah, she's like, shush. And she, and Stephanie, of course, is a little affronted, like, excuse me. <laughs> and Melissa goes to change the diaper, pulls out, you know, like a little Pampers or Huggies or Loves or whatever, you know, is what everyone uses to 
diaper their baby, Stephanie kind of comes in like, oh, we're going to use cloth diapers. And Melissa just completely disregards, like, no, you're not. Like, let me do this. That's what you hired me for. But right away, this Melissa is like, Stephanie is starting to see, like, okay, maybe this doula was uh, not a good idea after all. Stephanie's like, uh, is there a reason for that? And Melissa just looks at her and is like, yes. Eh, nothing. <laughs> and of course, we cut to Jimmy who's like, wow, we are learning so much. And Stephanie, of course, moves over to Jimmy, kind of whispers like, wow, she was more fun at, fun at Bonnaroo. Like, Stephanie, you brought some, basically a stranger into your house to help you Learn how to take care of your child? What, just because she took care of Beyonce's kids? Come on now. You got a house full of people who are more than happy to help you. I mean, Kimmy basically helped you bring this child into the world. And I guess DJ, yes, she can be overbearing, but all you gotta do is just say, DJ, look, I understand you wanna help, but seriously, let me do this myself. If I need you to help step in and give me, you know, some tips, helpful, pleasant tips, I will come to you. But until then, yeah, that's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Apparently, Stephanie exchanged business cards with Melissa in a mud pit. Were they fighting each other in a mud pit? And, of course, Jimmy's like, oh, well, don't worry. I mean, look, she's got her hair in a bun, so she must know what she's doing. She must be a professional. If this lady's taking care of children of musicians, I doubt she comes cheap. I really doubt. Oh, my goodness. Again, now they're shushed by Melissa for a second time. Like, shush! The baby needs burping. Stephanie's like, oh, I got this. I got this. She takes her baby. Like, all right, we just need one good burp. You know, Stephanie puts the baby, you know, against her shoulder. Come on, come on. And then, of course, Stephanie's not getting anything. So it's like, uh, uh, I can't. There. Mm. <laughs> like, oh, good baby, you burped. It's like, uh-huh, yeah, right. So, of course, Melissa takes the baby, zips upstairs, and Jimmy and Stephanie kind of sit down and talk. Like, you know, this jula is not what, uh we expected. And Jimmy's like, yeah, I mean, I thought you'd have a talking umbrella. I'm like, okay, there we go. There's, there's the, uh, dumbed down Jimmy that we all know from season two. He's regular Jimmy, of course. Stephanie is like, it's almost like, I guess maybe it just depends. Like your maternal instincts just take over as soon as you look at your baby. But Stephanie's like not getting that. And I kind of, kind of wonder, is it because Stephanie didn't carry the child herself? Or it's just that Stephanie was very young when she lost her mother. But I don't want to use that as an excuse and say that's the reason. I think it's just going to come, some people it just takes a little bit for the instinct to kick in. Thus again, guys, like I said, I'm not a mother. I don't know. This stuff is just pouring out of my mouth like I know what I'm talking about when I surely don't. But I'd say I'm a pretty decent fur mom, aren't I, Quinny? Right? You think that, don't you? Yeah, she's sleeping in her little hammock. She actually slept in it all night last night. She didn't come upstairs at all. So she normally sleeps on the bed with us. Right by me. Yeah, she's sleeping. She, she doesn't care. <laughs> she has no answers. 
sure she's still a little angry with me because I had to take her in today to the vet because uh, she had to get her distemper shot. So she's all good on that stuff. No more trips to the VET until sometime in 2020. But um, a couple weeks ago, she did have an issue with a UTI. She is, in fact, all better. She's going to the bathroom regularly and no issues. So Jeremy and I, we're, go we're both good parents, you know, to our fur babies. Stephanie's just feeling some doubt. She thought, you know, she and Jimmy could come up with a name for the baby if they got to, you know, spend time with her. But it just seems like whatever they do, Lady Melisandre steps in and just takes over and swoops in and just takes the baby away from him. And I figure that Lady Melisandre, it's like, okay, that's got to be a reference, clearly. And it's a Game of Thrones reference, in fact. She's often referred to as the Red Woman. And guys, I haven't watched any of my seasons of Game of Thrones, so I'm probably going to spoil myself, but whatever. So if you guys haven't watched Game of Thrones and you want to, you might want to skip over this part. So, Melisandre, often referred to as a Red Woman, was a Red Priestess in the religion of R, H-L-L-O-R, I can't even pronounce that to save my life, the Lord of Light, and had, had been a close counselor to Stannis Barathon, I'm sure I mispronounced that name. In his campaign to take the Iron Throne following Stannis blah blah blah's death at the Battle of Winterfell, she revived Jon Snow after he was murdered by various members of the Night's Watch. Okay, good for her. Good for her. That's that's great. Is she evil? She sounds like a helpful lady if she revived Jon Snow after he was murdered by countless people. Like, so Jimmy's like, oh, so we should fire her then, huh? And, of course, Stephanie said, no, 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 no. I don't want DJ to know that I need her help. And <laughs> she mentions, you know, sea legs and all that stuff. And Jimmy's like, oh, yeah, speaking of legs, I got to talk to your, speaking of beautiful legs, I got to talk to your dad about something. Stephanie's like, oh, well, I hope you're, like, talking to him about our engagement and not his legs. Like, uh, yeah. So Jenny, Jimmy goes up to talk to Danny, and DJ comes down and mentions how the Stephanie's doula just shushed her, and she didn't even say anything. And Stephanie's like, well, don't worry, she's just got her own way with kids and all, all babies and stuff like that. And of course, <laughs> we get a Pennywise reference, we get an It reference. She's like, oh, yeah, so does Pennywise the Clown. Like, yeah. I love how we're getting these references that are going to be so old in, like, a decade or even five years from now. So, Steph uh, DJ doesn't understand why Stephanie didn't ask her to help out. And Stephanie's like, because, DJ, I know you, all right? You don't have the time. And you would jump all into this. You would be all consumed by this. You got your job. You got your kids. You got your Steve. And it's just, it, Yeah. And DJ's like, there are 35 people living in this house. I'm like, well, maybe not yet. Probably one day. <laughs> I mean, Max Jackson and Tommy, they're all going to have kids. Ramona's going to have kids. They're all going to be living in that house. There probably will be 35 people living in the house. And there's pretty much the same amount of people that Danny, DJ, Stephanie, Michelle, Jesse, Becky, Joey, Nikki, and Alex. That's like at least 10, isn't it? Danny, DJ, Stephanie, Michelle, Joey, Jesse, Becky, Nikki, Alex. That's nine. If they, if Danny got married to Becky and they still all lived in that house, there'd be at least ten. But there is 
exactly 10 with uh, DJ Jackson, Max, Tommy, uh, Kimmy, Fernando, Ramona, Stephanie, Jimmy, and the baby. That's 10 people right there. I don't think I missed anybody. I like, is this going to be a new motto? She says, in the Fuller family, family raises family. Oh, she says, in the Fuller house, family raises family. This must be their motto. And of course, from upstairs, we hear this, shush! And DJ just looks at Stephanie, did she just shush us from upstairs? And Stephanie, of course, who does not have a backbone, <laughs> and won't tell that lady to just, you're, you're done, we don't need you anymore. She's like, oh, well, I mean... She is that good. Like, no, she needs to go. <laughs> it's way too demanding. That baby's going to bomb with her and not you. <laughs> so now we cut upstairs to the living room. And Jimmy is so nervous, which I can imagine if a guy is asking the father of his soon-to-be hopeful fiancé, if he is asking him for permission to marry his daughter, I bet that has got to be nerve-wracking. It's got to be nerve-wracking because it could go one of two ways. They say yes and say, well, welcome to the family, or it's about time. Or they say, no, I don't give you permission to marry my daughter. In fact, you are the last person I would expect for her to ever marry, so go away. And, of course, Jimmy is so nervous. He's like, hey, hey, hey there to damn the man and Danny meanwhile he's on the floor crisscross applesauce he's working on the baby swing you know the musical thing that kind of along with the music just swings back and forth back and forth you know that and Danny is pounding with a hammer he's pounding a screw we later see. according to Jimmy like why are you pounding a screw with a hammer and Danny kind of looks at him like, Dan the man, nobody's called me that since Little League. And usually it was followed by, Dan the man, don't cry. Butterflies don't bite. <laughs> Danny, I guess, is just feeling like he's got nothing to do. You know, he, Stephanie's got her doula, doesn't, so he can't really help out with the new baby. He's just feeling kind of useless. And this is kind of going to go into the whole a parent is only a, you know, a parent for so long before that child grows up and becomes a parent themselves. And it's almost like the parent, the original parent feels like, well, what do I do now? Since I've taught them all I know, they don't need me anymore. So he's feeling kind of like, where do I fall into this family? And it's kind of sad, but what having when I watched this scene the first time, Danny really comes off as a smidge of a jerk, just the way he's like, because Jimmy's nervous. He you know he wants to ask Danny this important question, and he's just kind of hovering around Danny like, oh, can I help? Can I can I do this? And Danny just kind of looks at him like. Can I help you with something? Is there something you want? And it's like, whoa, Danny Tanner on Full House never react. I mean, he didn't even react that way to Kimmy. Sure, he'd, you know, make fun of her, and, you know, her, her smelly feet and, and her being annoying and her being there all the time. But he'd never look at her and say, 
Is there a reason you're still in my house? What do you want? Do you need something? He was never that, like, cold and harsh. Like, whoa. Slow. Danny, take a step back. Take that chill pill. Calm down. It's okay. Danny is still whacking at that screw with that hammer. He's like, yeah, apparently this is the only thing they think I'm good for. And Jimmy's like, oh, that's right, because you're old. And Danny just looks at him like, excuse me? And Jimmy's like, I mean old-timey, like the Pepperidge Farm guy. It's like, okay, you're not helping yourself here, guy, kid. Jimmy also adds, or like beating a wooden uh, hoop down the road with a stick or something. And Danny's like, that's uh, not any better. The door flies open to the front of the house. Kimmy pokes her head in. She's wearing a helmet. She's like, hey, weirdos, watch this. As she skates in and takes a flying leap onto that couch. And I'm just like, Kimmy honestly does not have much to do. She delivered the baby and it's just like, I get, I don't even know if you'd want to call this plot C because we have Stephanie and the baby. We have, I guess if you want to put DJ in with Luke, DJ in with that and her feeling like there's not really much for me to do. But then you could also loop Danny into that whole storyline of he's feeling like, like, what can I do? I'm not needed, apparently. And then Kimmy with the whole, I'm not pregnant anymore. I want to down a big bottle of vodka in front of my family and friends and their children and then take a tumble down the stairs and now I want to jump from the landing of the front step onto take a screaming leap onto a couch and then Fernando who of course is not all that but who honestly is when it comes to rollerblades I bought a pair of rollerblades and I think I had them for like less than a day and I returned them Rollerblades are not cheap. They are over 50 plus dollars. It's insane. But I put them on. My legs were wobbly. It's like, yeah, I know. You got to work, you know, your balance and all that stuff. And it takes time. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Plus, I'm not a 11-year-old girl anymore. <laughs> I don't have that flexibility when I'm 37. But that was my foray into um, rollerblades. This just, it seems like such a weak just thing for Kimmy to do. I still gotta say, it's like, I, I don't know many, you know, haven't talked to many pregnant women or women that have had children like a week or two after they've been out of the hospital. I don't see them wanting to chug vodka or take a fall, you know, cartwheel down the steps or, or rollerblade. It's like, I think you would be recovering physically from having pushed a baby out of yourself. I, I really think you would not be doing any of the stuff. And I know it's played for laughs. I get that. But can we have a little itsy-bitsy piece of semi-realism? I mean, if you want to have Kimmy doing that a month later, fine. But not, like, right out of the hospital, like, three days later. You think she'd be she'd be coming home? She would be got bag of medication, 
Like, show me to my bed because I'm going to be camping out there for, like, a month until I am tip-top back to normal shape. Who's throwing this term around? Anybody else not pregnant today? Because she's, she's got a fanny pack on. We studied Fernando, who's probably like me, like, not very good on, on wheels. And the house is not a place where you're going to rollerblade either. He's like, I'm not good at this. Like, of course you're not. Because rollerblading takes time and practice if you haven't done it in a long time or if you've not done it, period. And she's wearing one of those candy necklaces that, like, a three-year-old would wear. And Danny, of course, is like, well, not really, but I'm having hot flashes and my boobs are really sore. So Kimmy excuses herself and rolls into the kitchen because she wants some hard lemonade and raw chicken. And Danny's like, well, it used to be pink lemonade and raw chicken. Ew. I mean, pink lemonade, sure. The thing is about lemonade, I've realized, I don't drink it very often, which is probably just as well, because it makes me thirsty and want something else that isn't, like, it, it seems like that also really dries out your mouth and makes you like, like, is it like the, whatever's in it just, like, I usually would just get that country time stuff. Okay, I gotta say, Fernando, he's a great dad, I'm sure, you know, to Ramona and whatnot, and uh, Kimmy's a whole other story with, with him, and they're, whatever, they're supposed to be engaged, divorced, I, I don't know, but he is such a cartoon character, and it just shows, it's like, I don't like it. There is such a thing as too cartoonish, and that's kind of what he's being here on the rollerblades. Like, I'm having the worst day of my life. Remember me. Remember this day. Remember me for the little boy that I was, like the most beautiful boy in the world. Like, stop, stop, stop. Jimmy helps him as he skates into the kitchen with Kimmy. Of course, Fernando crashes into something in the, house, in the kitchen. Who knows what it is because we don't see it. And Jimmy's like, oh, to be young and in love and a gibbler. And Danny looked at him like, aren't you all three of those things? So Ramona, Jackson, and Max all come in because, of course, they need something to do, too. They're not really featured too heavily in the episode. Um, but they do get their little itty-bitty baby pot here as they are looking for the baby naming gown. Apparently, that is something that we never learned of in Full House. But it's been in the family for generations and generations, forever and ever. And, of course, Jackson's like, Grandpa, do you know where that is? And he's like, yeah, you might want to check the attic. Max is like, we have an attic? Oh, my goodness gracious. Young man, yes, you have an attic. Your great Uncle Jesse and great Aunt Becky lived in the attic for many, many years. That's where your... Uh, Second cousins, or third cousins, or whatever Nikki and Alex are supposed to be with them. I'm not sure. Danny's like, trust me, we have an attic, all right? Just keep walking up the stairs until you hit the roof. So they have to go through that gross crawl space that DJ had to go through when she was trying to find those Christmas presents. Is he still a full house? <laughs> or when Danny had to, or not Danny, Jesse had to go and get the slippers that, uh, Becky wanted when she was pregnant. Like, honey, can you go and get my slippers? My toesies are chilly. He's like, ugh, I gotta go through the crawl space and nothing there. Okay, blah, blah, blah. 
So the younger Fuller and Gibbler children zip upstairs to look for the baby chain naming gown. And of course, Jimmy's like, ah, he's so nervous. He just doesn't know what to say. And he's like, ah, to be young and a baby again. And Danny just looks at him. Guys, I am playing this clip because Danny just comes off as really like, dude, what is wrong with you? He must know what Jimmy wants because, and he's just kind of baiting him the whole time. Like, I know what you want. I'm just going to make it really hard for you and make you feel extremely uncomfortable. I kind of wonder if Tommy, um, Tommy Sr., Tommy Fuller Sr., you know, uh, DJ's um, husband who passed, if he had asked, you know, of course, Danny, like, can I, I would, I am in love with your daughter, DJ, I would like to ask your permission for her hand in marriage. I'm kind of curious how that's going to go when Steve <laughs> asks permission for Danny. I'm sure that's going to be like, well, wow, I've been waiting 20 plus years to hear you ask me that question. <laughs> ah, to be young and confused and looking for baby clothes. <laughs> what do you want? Okay. You know, I think Steph is the most <laughs> incredible girl I've ever met. And with that in mind, I was hoping that... Ow! Don't cry, Dan, the man. What did you want to ask? Well, I think the better question would be, why are you hammering a screw? Danny just kind of comes off as kind of a bit of a jerk. I know that he's, like, feeling useless and everything, but it's like, dude, be a little nicer to Jimmy. He's going to be your son-in-law, for crying out loud. All right, now we cut up to the attic where the kids are going through all the stuff. I thought Kimmy and Fernando were living up there. Where are they? Although, he did buy the Gibbler's old house next door. Maybe she's living there with him? I'm confused. Granted, this is just the first episode of season five, so maybe we'll get more answers. I didn't think she had moved in with, with Fernando into the house. Okay, this attic is filled with so many things of Michelle's stuff. We see the pink bike with the pink and white basket from season eight where Michelle had lost her bike and that caused everyone to like end up accidentally taking other bikes that they thought were Michelle's but belonged to other kids. Uh, Mrs. Carruthers and Kimmy were the crime catchers. Turns out she just left the bike at Derek's house and his mom had given her a ride home because Derek showed up with the bike, like, on the door. Like, here! Your bike's right here! You left it at my house, remember? Uh, there's an episode, I believe it's in season seven, where Teddy comes back from Texas. And, of course, Michelle's best friend is Denise. She and Teddy kind of get into it about who Michelle's best friend is because he's like, oh, I'm her first best friend. Denise is like, I'm her old, her new best friend. So, of course, Michelle's like, well, give me your snickles for, and I'll let you be my best friend again, and I'll let you uh, trace me for the best friend uh, project in school. And Denise has a jasmine pencil case. And Michelle's like, oh, that'll go great with my Abu eraser. And, of course, Denise is like, I'm not giving you my stuff. And Jerry, and um, Teddy's like, I'm not giving you my stuff either, Michelle. So 
Denise and Teddy end up being bestie besties and tracing each other. So that just leaves Michelle to reveal for the project. Has Danny unroll it sideways and it's Comet. And it's a beautiful picture of Comet. And we see that here in the attic. I think we see DJ's pillow person. There's some hula hoops up there, which makes me think of the time the middle age crazy where Stephanie ended up marrying Harry. She was going for the world record of hulas, like 102 or 103 she got up to. There's a trench coat from uh, the season one episode where uh, it's called A Pox in the House, where half the family gets chicken pox. Stephanie first, then Jesse and Joey get chicken pox. Danny, of course, is being called to... uh, interview the warriors the golden state warriors and he's got to have someone to watch michelle because dj's going to go for a slumber party oh for heaven's sake lund why do you keep having the door all the wide open there's no food in here of quinn's for you seriously the door's not going to stay open all the time he's just sitting in the doorway this crazy rabbit i want the door He's not even doing anything. He's just sitting in the doorway. It's like, no, shut doors in this house. Also see the framed bunny picture from the Fuller House episode of Full House that Jesse gives to Michelle and Michelle puts up in the attic when Jesse finally agrees to move up there and make it a home with him and Becky. This is just fun, all these little things. Um, There's a little birdcage, which might make me think of that birdie, remember, from um, Bye Bye Birdie when Michelle starts preschool. And um, the little bird, Dave, flew out the window. He was a class bird. So Jesse gets Sammy. That looks like the cage it might have been in, maybe. Ramona pulls from the corner Mr. Bear and quickly puts it back. We see a Fred Flintstone costume, of course, which is in Happy Birthday Babies Part 2. The family dresses up as Flintstone characters. Uh, Joey was Barney Rubble. Stephanie was Betty Rubble. DJ was Wilma. And, of course, Jesse was Fred. And Danny was Dino. So, I'm guessing these kids in the four seasons have never been up to the... I mean, Ramona has, because she was going to sleep up there. And then she took, you know, Jackson's old room, which was Jesse's old room, which was Stephanie's old room. It's just, it's kind of funny, because we're getting all these callbacks to Michelle, so we can kind of get her... You guys know that she was not going to be in the final season. She was not in the other four seasons of the show I was telling Jeremy this like no she was not in the first four seasons they're 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 not coming back for the last one they're just no they basically washed their hands of the show like it made us what we are you know and we've moved on from that we're making the clothes we're doing the perfume we're doing all that stuff we're kind of moved moved away from that acting and all that next was like ah I found it and Ramona goes over to him like Oh, you found the baby naming gown? He's like, no, an A-track from the band Aha. And I looked it up. I'm like, I know Aha. But I'm thinking, what was the song? And I looked it up. And it's like, take on me. Yes, I know that song. If you guys grew up in the 80s, you knew that song. It's got a really cool music video because it's kind of like in um, like uh, illustrated form or I don't even want to call it animated, but it's really, really cool looking. 
I like it. Oh, we see Mr. Bear there in the corner. I think that was Michelle's high chair from season one. Or it could also have been Tommy. No, Tommy would have had it updated. Uh, that, that Michelle's high chair oddly would have, most likely would have been recalled because a lot of stuff from the, the 80s baby, you know, stuff like that is deemed unsafe nowadays, apparently. Max is like, what can I say? I'm a fan of Norwegian synth pop. Those two folding chairs that are up against the wall there, I'm like, that makes me think of when the basement was an actual base, uh, garage, excuse me, and there was, like, folding lawn chairs that were up against the wall. That reminded me of that. Uh, J Jackson picks up this old red stuffed animal thing with this long, like, horn. He's like, what is this all thing? And Max is like, that's Michelle's rhino Rigby. And Max has got all this knowledge. Like, there's like eight years of home movies. You guys really need to go through them. That's Aunt Michelle's stuff. Most of this is a lot of Michelle stuff. And Max goes over and takes it from Jackson. Like, old thing? You're holding a cherished family memory. Oh, cherished family history. Excuse me. Sorry, Max. And that looks like uh, what Ramona is holding in the background is Jesse's um, Elvis getup from season one when he was doing a uh, an Elvis medley, like rock and roll heaven type thing. And he was trying to hide it from the family. Some big thing. He kept like the outfit in this blue bag that's... DJ is like Miss Snoopy Snoopy and is like, I gotta know what's in that bag. I gotta know what's in that bag. So she takes Michelle out of the playpen. Like, here, Michelle, I got a little cookie for you. Oh, uh, the cookie fell in the bag. Michelle wanders over, starts sticking her hand in there, trying to get the cute pulls the cookie out. And the audience is like, oh, really? And it's like, forget the cookie, Michelle. Find out what Uncle Jesse's hiding as Jesse and Danny are coming into the living room. Like, Oh, <laughs> I will be covering the season one episodes too, so don't worry. There's so much of Full House to go through. It's just, ah, oh, I can't wait to cover them all. Of course, Ramona's like, how would you know that about that stuffed animal? And of course, Max is like, we have eight years of carefully curated home movies. And he's gone through all of them, I'm sure. Basically, of course, his home movies are the series, what we know as Full House. I love how they throw that in there. That is just so wild. Of course, this is so kind of meta as uh, Max is like, it's almost like a TV show. <laughs> and of course, Jackson's like, you know, for a family who prides itself on being normal, there's a lot of crazy stuff up here in this attic. And that's what this attic looks like now it's like just it went back to being just an old attic like it doesn't look like the room that Kimmy and Fernando were in it doesn't look like what Jesse and Becky were in this doesn't make any sense is this on top of the Jesse and Becky's thing it can't be because there were skylights in Nikki and Alex's baby bedroom and even there was one in the actual attic room. So it's like, where is the, I don't know. Like I said, I've only watched the first episode. So maybe we'll get more scenes in the attic attic. Or maybe they just converted it back to 
I don't know, guys. I have so many questions, and I hope they get answered in this first half, or at least the second half of Season 5 of Fuller House. Oh, we get a throwback to even late in the game, Season 7, I believe, as Jackson picks up this, what looks like a motorcycle, like, not the helmet, but the visor, and how it's got something, like, rimmed in, like, some type of careful, like, felt or foam, and it's got a handle on it. And right away, Max is like, it's a Spraygard 2001! Like, Jackson, you don't know what you're doing. Don't touch anything. If you want to know history about that, you let Max tell you. Or I, a Full House aficionado, will tell you what it is. Those are cherished family memories and history that you're touching with disregard. Max is like, you guys really need to watch these home movies. They get really crazy towards the end. Aunt Michelle got amnesia. Of course, Ramona's like, you know what else is crazy? The fact that that kid is one day going to be up here pawing through the, this junk of, you know, our old junk and everything and commenting about how weird we were. And Max is like, we're not weird, as he picks up his uh, little Jaguar mask from when he was um, in the Lucha Kaboom season one episode. He says it's my King Jorito mask from my Mexican wrestling days. There's even a huge picture of Fernando in his racing outfit. But it kind of makes him look like an astronaut. So Ramona finds the uh, naming christening gown and it's like, oh, here it is. And apparently all of DJ's kids wore it. Jackson, then Max, and Tommy. Take it that it was properly washed and clean after every use but it looks like it was just tossed up like oh we don't need this anymore no more baby yoink it's like no that looks like something you would put in like one of those like shadow box things on the wall of course Ramona brings back how she was born in the back seat of a rental car and her floor mat was her christening gown <laughs> Or begging her baby naming gown. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Because in the pilot of Fuller House, Ramona says, Ramona, Kimmy says that Ramona was delivered in the back of a Uber or a rental car and she didn't get her deposit back. Well, of course you probably wouldn't. So I'm going to play this clip a little bit of it because it's just, it's fun just reminiscing of all the, the Michelle things and in the attic. Home movies. They 
get pretty crazy towards the end. Aunt Michelle got amnesia. We move from the attic down to the kitchen where Steve and DJ are sharing a club sandwich with avocado. And Steve is just delighting in, oh, club sandwich with avocado, can you believe it? DJ, of course, is distracted, not even looking at her sandwich or Steve. She's not even touching her sandwich. Like, oh, yeah, avocado, great, yeah. And he's like, are, are you on eHarmony? Oh, my God, I, told, I, I knew I needed to work out more. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm just watching this nanny cam thing here of the doula, like, feeding the baby. Because DJ switched out the, like, the nipple tops of the bottles and of course she wants to try to uh set up the doula so she'll look like an idiot or look like she doesn't know what she's doing but of course the doula is one smart cookie because she does not miss a beat and she catches like oh these are wrong of course before it's revealed <laughs> um steve is like what she's got her shirt the doula's got her shirt off that's not for children like, no, the little baby nipples on the bottles. Oh my goodness, Steve. Relax. So, DJ's feelings are sore because it's like, no, Stephanie should have chose me to help her take care of the baby. I've raised three babies myself instead of some doula that she met in a mosh pit. No, it was a mud pit, actually, Steve corrects DJ. And she just looks and like, excuse me, or did you just correct me? And he's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I hate her. And DJ's like, that's better. Just looking at like, oh, you better agree with me. So Steve tries to help DJ, like, look, Stephanie is going to be fine, all right? Let her do things her way. And, of course, DJ's like, but I'm her big sister. I'm supposed to tell her what her way is. As we see Stephanie coming up from downstairs, and you hear this muffled scream, and like, what is that? And Stephanie's, like, screaming into a pillow as she's walking upstairs. Stephanie points out that DJ's hiding her phone, and DJ's like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm calling Steve. Of course, Steve is standing right behind her. <laughs> I don't know why he's not picking up. And Steve just takes out his phone and just calls, like, oh, yeah, hey, DJ. <laughs> like, okay, now we move on to the living room. Jimmy's got the baby swing working great. Of course, Danny is just flipping through a magazine, like, oh, I like it when we work together. It just works out perfectly. Of course, it's like, here, let me turn it on because I want to feel like I have a part in this. And it, it, swing works great. So Danny goes back to sit down on the couch after he praises himself for such a good job. Um, and Jimmy a little too. He sits down on the couch. Jimmy sits practically right on top of him. He's like that close. They could be separated like Siamese twins. And Jimmy's like, I have something to ask you. And Danny just looks at him annoyed like, is it why am I sitting cl so close to Danny? Because I would like to know the answer to that question myself. Danny, my gosh, he's just being like, oh. Was, he could not have been this hard on Tommy Sr. when he, I'm sure, asked Danny for DJ's hand in marriage. But I think because Jimmy is a gibbler and he's Danny's harbored such, like, irritation and frustration over Kimmy over the last, like, 20-something years... That I think it's just kind of funneled like into just because he carries the Gibbler name alone is just like oh he he's not Danny's not dumb he knows what Jimmy wants to ask him he's just toying with him Danny knows he holds all the power like he can say yes or no and ruin this poor boy's life but he's not.
Jimmy gets up, he's like, look, you may not know this about me, I'm pr a pretty old-fashioned guy, so I want to do this right. And Jimmy gets down on one knee and takes Danny's hand. Of course, Danny is, like, looking at him horrified, like, what is this? What are you doing? So this is sweet how Jimmy asks, like, I love Stephanie, and I would like to spend the rest of my life as your son-in-law. Oh, that's so sweet. Of course, Danny lets it be known, it's like... <sighs> I know that you proposed. I saw an engagement ring on Stephanie's finger when you walked in the door. But of course, before Danny says all this, he's he's just starts laughing like, <laughs> and of course, poor Jimmy. I feel bad for. I actually feel bad for Jimmy here because this guy's just trying to do the right thing. He's nervous. It's like, oh, did I do the wrong thing? Did I call her Stephanie by mistake? Because sometimes I do that. Danny gets up and is like, yeah, you goofball, I know you already asked her. And Jimmy is like, wow, can you see into the past? Are you like the three-eyed raven? Which, I don't know, what is a three-eyed raven? These these references, they must mean something. They can't, they can't just mean nothing. Three-eyed raven. Oh, here we go. Game of Thrones reference. Wow. Um, Cave of the Three-Eyed Raven. Mm, by loosely approximate location of the cave of the three-eyed raven um oh it's a person gosh i don't know why i kept thinking oh i thought it was like an actual like three-eyed raven like an oddity and it's an actual human being guys i need to get on the throne the game of the thrones game of thrones bandwagon i got all seven seasons now it took me a few years but i got them and i gotta eventually watch them because I'm <laughs> spoiling myself. Never read the books. Of course I've never read the books. If I had, I would have known what the three-eyed raven and the, uh, the, um, the, oh, what was that other? There's another reference earlier. Something about a lady, something or other. Lady something or other. Two Game of Thrones references so far. Jimmy Gibbler has got the longest name I've ever seen or heard in my life. What is Kimmy's full name? I'm really curious. Because his, Jimmy says Jeremiah Jeffcoat Johnson Gibbler. Whoa. Jeremiah Jeffcoat Johnson Jimmy Gibbler. Whoa, that, that's, that's too many names. Can you imagine him to write that out? Like, anywhere? Like, they need your entire full name. So Danny gives us permission. Oh, this is sweet. And he knows that Jimmy's going to treat her, right? And he has since season two, since he first met her. Of course, Jimmy is so excited. Oh, thanks, Dad! As he gives him a hug, and Danny's like, oh, yes, hugs from Gibblers. Jimmy pulls away. He's like, oh, or, or do you prefer Dan the man? And Danny's like, I just prefer that you... Treat Stephanie, as you referred to her, as just make her as happily as you have made her. Just, like, basically keep doing what you're doing. You're doing good. So Danny just sniffs the air, and then he kind of leans in and sniffs Jimmy, and he looks at him like, how much of Eternity by Kelvin Klein are you wearing? And Jimmy just looks at him like, all of it. All of it. Like, I, Danny said he had a trunk full. Oh my, you could probably smell Jimmy's Eternity by Kelvin Klein from a 10-mile radius. Woo! You know who we haven't seen? You know who we have not seen? Cosmo. Cosmo, where are you? Cosmo! 
I didn't see you in the attic with the kids. I didn't see you in the 70s basement apartment. I didn't see you in the kitchen. I didn't see you in the living room because those are pretty much the only four spots we've seen so far in episode one. So, oh, we actually do. We cut to the backyard. Kimmy is, it looks like some Cirque du Soleil circus extra aerobatic moves. I don't know where this fuchsia colored cloth is hanging from, if it's hanging from a tree somewhere, but she's kind of dangling. Fernando's freaking out, dangling next to her. And it turns out Kimmy misses being pregnant. I'm like, don't, you guys don't need to have another baby, all right? You have a 16-year-old daughter that should be, and you just gave birth to your niece. Please don't let them have another kid. I am uh, getting the feeling now, I really am, that we're not going to get a Danny and Vicky wedding. I really think it's going to be Steve and DJ, Kimmy and Stephanie, and Fernando and Kimmy. And I wanted a Danny and Vicky one. I really, really wanted that. And it stinks. Because as much as we wanted Steve and DJ to get married, I wanted Danny and Vicky. Why doesn't Danny get to have his happily ever after? And Fernando, you know, also tells Kimmy, you're going to be a big part of this baby's life, all right? She's going to need you. So your baby days aren't over. I mean, like DJ said, family raises family. And the Gibblers or Tanners are, they're like this. If you can see my fingers twisted around each other, they're like that. Which is very close. Intertwined. DNA shared of Tanner and Gibbler DNA combined. So we go down to the basement as Stephanie is trying, she wants to fire Melissa, the the doula, and is not having any luck. And she brings up Hekekiah. This is not the first time this kid's met long since dead. They're long, 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 great, 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 ten great, great, greats, grand relative got thrown from a stagecoach wearing that baby naming gown. And he survived. Apparently there's a hoof print on the back of that baby naming gown, but uh, he survived. Yeah, I think this doula thing was a bad idea. Stephanie's not been able to bond with her baby because she doesn't get to hold her baby. She's held the baby maybe once. And this doula has just taken the baby right out of the room. And... Stephanie's got a half hour to give this baby a name. And she's just like, if I can hold my baby, and, and maybe a name will come to me. And the lady just like, all done, wraps the baby up, swaddles it, and then zips out of the basement room with it. Like, and Stephanie's like, I'm going to wind up calling this baby Hekakaya. Like, DJ comes down, sees Stephanie struggling with the baby powder, and they get into a tug of war over it, and just a big poof of baby powder right in Stephanie's face. She just wants to help. Stephanie says, look, I don't need any help. I want to be able to take care of my baby myself. On my, my own baby, on my own. That's what I want to do. And she, of course, reveals to DJ, I know that you've been spying on us with the nanny cam. Yeah, I see that. And she pulls out the wire with the attached camera. So DJ and Stephanie have a talk. And Stephanie's like, I didn't really under realize why, I mean, I know why I'm upset, but why are you upset? 
And DJ just, you know, they sit down and she explains, like, I just want to help you the way that you've helped me with my boys for the last five years. It's like, this is so sweet, you know, and I, and I know that she wants to help and I'm sure she can, but let Stephanie, Stephanie, first of all, you got to fire the Edgar Wood. Just fire her. Just fire her. Get her out of the house so you can actually bond with your baby. And it's like, I mean, honestly, if Steph needs help, she will come to you, DJ, or she'll come to Kimmy, or she'll come to Jimmy, or she'll come to, you know, whoever. Like, there's a lot of people in the house. And DJ, you know, also brings up the fact that Stephanie put her life on hold for five years to help come to DJ's rescue and help, you know, take care of the boys. And DJ's just trying to repay the kindness. So things are good. The sis, you know, Stephanie's like, bring it in here, DJ. To be so DJ. I wish you know I could fire my doula and just have you here what, with your, your magic and everything. And DJ's like, What, you don't like your doula? And Stephanie's like, No, I hate her. And DJ's like, You know what? I think I saw her trying to bend a spoon with her mind. Like, we need to get her out of here, okay? <laughs> and DJ, or Stephanie also brings up the fact that, you know, she spent most of her good chunk of her adult life thinking she couldn't have kids, and now that she finally has, has one, the first thing she does is hand her off to the Mistress of Fire. And, of course, DJ's like, oh, yeah, she is scary. We should set her up with Dad. Like, no, 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 no. No, we need to get Vicky back. Because Danny deserves a happy, end happy ending, too. Stephanie admits her fears to DJ as she feels unprepared and overwhelmed. Which, what new mother probably, what new parents for the first time aren't? underprepared and overwhelmed. You can read every book, watch every parenting, new parent video or family vlog and everything, and you still, odds are, your situation is not going to go according to plan. It's just not. There's no manual. Yes, sir. Like what to do when you're expecting, when you're expecting a newborn and when you're expecting a toddler and a kindergartner and all that stuff. They can tell you a generic way of how you could do things if you wanted to go that route. But no child is going to go completely according to plan. Stephanie's like, I haven't even named my baby yet. And DJ's like, yeah, you know, you... You should really do that if you want her name on the cake. Stephanie's just worried that her mom in instincts are never going to kick in. And she tells DJ's like, what? The it all seemed to come so naturally to you. DJ's like, oh, <laughs> no. Um, I couldn't get a cab home from the hospital. Which, why did she have to have a cab? I mean, unless her husband was off somewhere fighting fires in an area of California that he couldn't get to. Uh, and she had to walk all of Golden Gate Bridge, which I'm not even sure how long the bridge is. Let's find out how long the Golden Gate Bridge, I can't even spell it, bridge length, 8,981 feet, suspension bridge, okay, miles, we want to know miles. Uh, miles, miles, to drive across. Whoa! Round trip will be approximately an hour and a half to two hours? Are you sure about that? Internet, are you sure? Let's see. I want to know miles. Wait a minute. Total length, it says, wait a minute. This doesn't make sense. Uh, one mile wide. 
Come on a second, pretty far. Mm. Oh, man, I just want to know how is 1.7 miles long. That's not going to take you an hour to two and a half hours. I mean, unless the traffic is like at standstill, maybe, but. Oh, she walked home with Jackson from the hospital because he wasn't sure if the car seat was installed properly. You know, there are people out there that can probably help you with that. The entire length of Golden Gate Park. Okay. During a reggae festival and she's like, Jackson smelled like patchouli. Yeah, Jackson smelled like patchouli for a week. And of course, Stephanie's like, I don't think that was patchouli, Deej. Okay, so the length of Golden Gate Park, not the bridge. Oh, God. Let's see. A Golden Gate Park. How far is that? Acreage. Let's see here. Oh, that's pretty. Um, 1,017 acres. Um, opened in 1870. 1.59 square miles. That ain't terrible. I really like DJ's advice here where she says you can't measure yourself based on what someone else did. Just be you and you're going to find out how to parent in your own way and which is right for you and your baby. So Stephanie decides to go fire the doula but DJ's like no 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 let me I've been dreaming daydreaming of wanting to fire her all day and Stephanie's like oh right yep go 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 for it have fun. <laughs> So as DJ heads upstairs to fire the doula, Danny comes downstairs, says he was watching on the baby monitor, DJ and Stephanie fighting, and of course by the time that he got down there to maybe try to patch things up with them, they'd already worked it out. And he reveals to Stephanie, he's like, I just feel like no one needs me anymore. And of course she sits down next to Danny, he's like, oh dad, I had no idea how you are going to make this about you. And he just did. I really like what Danny says here. He says one of the hardest parts about being a parent is if you're good at it, eventually you're out of a job. Danny um, stands up to, you know, looks like he was going to go upstairs, but Stephanie kind of stops and put a hand, puts a hand on his shoulder and says, Dad, look, I may not need you the way that I did when I was young, but I'm always going to need you. And sometimes, guys, as we get older, I think sometimes... Those lessons that our parents tried to teach us, you know, there's always, when you're a little kid, you always you want to be around mom and dad. And then when you get to be a teenager, you're like, oh, mom, dad, leave me alone. Why are you butting into my life? You're so annoying. Leave me alone. Oh, London. Hey, buddy. Again, opening the door. You crazy wabbit. Yes, we're still in here. I'm still recording, buddy. And I don't think it is until you get much older or even become a parent yourself, or maybe you don't, that those lessons that your parents were trying to teach you start to come back. And honestly, it's like, um, I don't think it is until we eventually lose our parents that we realize just how big of an impact or difference they made in our lives. Those lessons that we just like put up a hand, like I don't want to hear it, I don't care, or I'm going to do things my own way. 
parents, guys, they only have a short amount of time to really teach us what they can, what they themselves know about the world, whether they learned it through experience or they learned it from their own parents. And then it's up to us to make our own way in the world. You know, learn from our own experiences, our own mistakes and everything. <laughs> There's going to be a day that you're not going to be able to phone up your mom or dad and say, gosh, dad, I'm really, or mom, I'm really struggling right now with this decision. Or just thinking, how would mom or dad handle this? Or what would they say? What advice would they give me? So, yeah, it's just, I just watching Full House and just watching, you know, these girls become parents themselves and just, you know, Danny feeling like, where do I fit into all this? You know, I've taught my girls as much as I, I can, you know, my grandkids too. My dad was constantly, you know, at Christmases and stuff with the, with, you know, my nephews, his grandsons was always there to instill advice, not just to them, but to his nephews, his nieces, anybody, he would just strike up a conversation and just, you know, even if the advice wasn't needed or not, or whatever, he was there to give it to you. And let me just say this, guys, you will never stop needing your mom and dad. That doesn't go away, even after they're gone. Danny just looks at Stephanie's like, I am so proud of you. And and she looks at him and says, It's because of everything you did for me. And oh my gosh. Guys, you know this is the final season. And they knew that while they were filming this. And you see Bob Saget's just he looks like he wants to break down. This this show raised those kids from the children that they were to teenagers. They grew up on screen, and they're going through it now as adults you know, on this show. It's almost like the torch has been passed from the adults to the kids that are now adults themselves. And it's just, they all know, you know, it's like there's not a dry eye in the house with these, with these episodes going, I bet anything, going forward. And she's like, I've been a parent for two days and I have no idea what I'm doing but I don't I don't know how you raised three of us I mean like I'm here trying to raise one baby and I'm on day two and you somehow magically were able to raise three of us I was like I mean yeah he had Jesse and Joey but even still this is just a sweet moment between Stephanie and Danny we really didn't get a lot with them I mean, we got a lot of Danny and, and DJ and stuff like that. And there were instances like the Aftershocks episode, which I did cover. Um, season 8 episode where she got stood up by Andrew Keegan's character for school dance. And he just, you see her breaking down and him holding her. And just, I'm so sorry, Steph. And he, of course, tells Stephanie, like, oh, by the way, I gave my blessings to your fiance so not only are you going to be an amazing couple but you are going to be an amazing family and, and of course with all this baby you know the baby coming home it totally slipped stephanie's mind like oh crap i've got i'm getting married too it's like 
would now be a bad time to borrow $50,000? <laughs> and he just kind of gives her a look like, <laughs> yeah, right, you're joking. And she's like, see, told you I, I, I will always need you. And I'm like, oh, now it's the baby naming party as Jimmy and Stephanie come in with the baby. And, of course, Danny stands right up like, I want to take this minute. A minute to make this moment all about me. Of course you do, Danny. Oh, hell, Hekakaya is a great-great-grand cousin. Uh, okay. So he was going to recite something from his grand cousin, Hekakaya. And, of course, everyone groans, like, oh, we hear this story a hundred times already. And Danny's like, fine, I want all those neck pillows back. Because <laughs> I'm sure, like, he gave them to all of them. And Stephanie thanks everyone for coming. And, the, you know, that... Everyone in this room holds a special place in our hearts, especially those people that the baby is named after. Oh, so I'm playing this clip because this is so beautiful. Well, thank you all for being here. Everyone in this room holds a special place in our hearts, none more so than the person that we've named this baby after. Baby Ramona. Baby Ramona. Baby Ramona. <laughs> you know, to be honest... I had no idea what this baby's name was going to be 28 minutes ago. Then I realized there's been one constant in my life. Somebody who loved me no matter what. And every day through his example, he showed me what it means to be a parent. So I'd like to introduce you to our daughter, Danielle. Or as we like to call her, Danny Tanner. It is about me. <laughs> that is so sweet. Thank you so much, honey. Mm. <laughs> well, it's not just about you, Dan. Not the only person in this room that I've looked up to my entire life. Our baby's middle name will be Joe. So if someone someday wants to call her DJ, there'd be no better honor. course, the short version is Danny, D-A-N-I, Tanner. And of course, a middle name comes from DJ, middle name Joe. So if somebody one day wants to call her DJ, oh, I love how she's including her dad and her sister in this. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It just 
full circle. This is coming full circle. And of course, you know she can't forget Kimmy, who without her, none of it would be possible. She names Kimmy the baby's, uh, <laughs> the baby's godmother. Oh, my goodness. Yes, Steve, I'm sure you'll be the baby's foot doctor. <laughs> but, oh, it's just so sweet. And then, of course, I induct little Danny Joe into the She-Wolf pack as the newest member. We get a sweet moment with Kimmy and Danny Joe. I'm just going to call her Danny Joe. So beautiful. I love that name. So beautiful. And, of course, Kimmy's like, just because you're not riding around in my belly anymore doesn't mean that that's going to change because I'm always going to be here for you. Why you? Stephanie, of course, is the mother. Kimmy, of course, used her body to carry this child for nine months. So she also has a bond with this baby. And it's just so sweet. Of course, you guys, you know the baby is half gibbler. So <laughs> it's fun, all the little things like, oh, if you want to learn how to ride a unicycle, which I remember Kimmy doing that in the um, episode of the, is it our very first telethon, I believe? That was from season three. Because season four is when Stephanie is no longer curly-haired anymore. So it had to have been at least season three, our very first telethon. Of course, fighting a kangaroo. Like, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> As uh, Stephanie and, and DJ come down, like, ah, my baby's not fighting any kangaroos. Of course, Kimmy's like, well, you know, she is half Gibbler. You never know. Oh, yeah. Remember when Kimmy dressed up as Mrs. Delphineer? <laughs> oh. Um, I love how Kimmy or um, how DJ and Stephanie are just kind of hanging back on the stairs there, just watching Kimmy with the baby, and it's just so sweet. And Kimmy's telling the baby how you picked a really fun place to live, because there's always lots of hugging and singing and dancing, definitely hugging for sure. I like how DJ says to Kimmy and Stephanie, like, you guys, you did good, because it was a team effort for Kimmy carrying the baby and... Stephanie doing her part just to bring in another Tanner Gibbler baby. Aww. And DJ's right. No baby will be more loved, I mean, by so many people in this house. And that's just, you know, we close out the episode on the baby. And it's just so sweet. So for this episode, um, I really... I think if I had to relate to anyone, maybe Max with the whole remembering stuff and cherished family valuables and memories and history and all that stuff. So I like to watch home movies. I don't really have anyone as far as like the worst outfit or anything like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed my covering, lengthy covering of the season five, episode one of Fuller House. And if you enjoy the podcast, if you haven't yet, if you can go to Apple iTunes if, you, if you're able to and type in Fuller House, that's how you'll find the podcast, and leave a review. I think it will be so awesome. I mean, if you guys like to do the emoji thing, if you want to, like, review with emojis, that would be adorable. So as promised, I want to play this clip from Baby, the movie Baby Boom from 1987, where Diane Keaton's character 
J.C. Wyatt, who is inherited from a distant cousin, two-year-old Elizabeth. And J.C., of course, is um, ad executive, works in advertising, and of course she's fired Eve, the babysitter, and has hired Helga, more of a um, prim and proper type of uh, person. And it's just, this is hilarious, just I love how she handles Helga just basically has no real social life or anything. Just her life is watching children and she's got a strict way of how she does things like uh, how many mile walk in the morning and the afternoon and everything. <laughs> and just um, when JC passes that newspaper stand and just sees the baby takes off with, or the uh, nanny takes off with the baby and just JC is like running after Helga. Like, can I get your personal information, prison record, any of that stuff? <laughs> but it's just, it's so funny. Checked. I was like, ah, so, um, like Hulu, Netflix, and Prime. I'm like, where is that movie? I love it. And now that movie does hold a very special place in my heart because it's the last movie my dad, I was, um, watching my dad back in around December of last year while Pam was doing some Christmas shopping. And this movie happened to be playing on one of the movie channels. And dad had seen it before, and I'd seen multiple times this movie and he was just you know laying on the couch and this movie was playing and then it was over and then replayed again so you're kind of watching a little bit of it it was just it was such a great moment in memory that I will hold dear forever I just I love it so much well all right guys I will be back on Sunday with Full House Tis the Season series with a very Tanner Christmas from Season 6. Have a wonderful December, and I am looking forward to watching the rest of Fuller House Season 5. I probably won't review 
all of, you know, the other episodes of season five yet. I mean, maybe when the other half comes out and I'll, I'll do the series finale. But um, I just want to enjoy the other ones for myself. I just thought this was just a great moment. Like, I watched it earlier. I'm like, I want to review this for the podcast because I, I loved this episode. Now, if the series finale, finale ends as beautifully as this one started, just... I know that they they this is in good hands and this the the actors and just everybody on the show it's just magic. This is pure pure magic and beautiful, holding in our hearts forever. So all right, everybody, bye bye.